So this is Stephen Davis for FIFA, FIFA Thoughts or Thoughts or Footstools. Um, this is my first time on Anchor. I'm kind of testing out, so I don't really know exactly how I'm going to use the platform, but it seems like a really exciting and a really cool platform to just try and get some biblical, scriptural content out there, and I guess um, in many ways to share my background. So I think the story, uh, the song, sorry, that I've posted before this segment is actually quite apt. Um, baggage by Stephen the Levite because I think in many ways it, it describes a lot of the touch points that I went through in my own journey with Christ um, so I guess just in this first segment to give a bit of background about myself uh, born in London UK uh, to you know, two loving parents uh, an older sister two younger brothers um, was raised pretty much in the faith um, my mom was a faithful diligent you know, believer is a faithful, diligent believer. Took us to church every Sunday. Uh, interestingly, my dad was not. My dad was uh, an unbeliever. I guess you could say he was agnostic at the time. He kind of wavered between agnostic and atheist. You know, depending on his mood during the day, I guess. Um, but yeah, I pretty much grew up in a church environment. The first church that we ever went to was an evangelical church. Um, was interesting because we were the only black family that was there it was a predominantly uh, Caucasian church uh, was very I guess laid back in the way they did things um, and I say that in, in comparison to say a more Pentecostal charismatic church um, and we were there for about eight or so years until my younger brother was born uh, he got dedicated at this Pentecostal church um, and I remember hating it because Number one, it was loud, and number two, it seemed to last forever. It just it seemed to go on for hours upon hours upon hours. It wasn't my first experience with a Pentecostal church, but you know we'd gone to my grandmother's church up in Birmingham. Um, you know, because I, I live in London, gone to my grandmother's church in Birmingham many times, and her church, while smaller, was very much like that. It was you know full blown Pentecostal church where your grandmas with their fruit basket um, hats on you know, a choir with the gowns on, um, but all my days they had amazing food. That was the thing that I loved about that church is after every Sunday service, they put on a full-blown Caribbean dinner, rice and peas, coleslaw, plantain, chicken, everything. It was the best rice and peas I probably ever had in my life, and I'll never forget it. Um, so that was kind of my introduction to... Um, the body to the to the understanding of the world of Christianity, um, you know. And my mum, she taught us stuff. Um, I really loved Sunday school at you know the first church I went to, um, mostly because I think I knew all the answers. Anytime anyone asked a question or what was this in the Bible, I always knew the answer, and I was really excited about that. Um, and I remember they had this program where once you hit your teens, you would like graduate from the kiddies. Sunday school and you go to like the teen Sunday school and they gave you this little badge, this metal pin that you could put on your clothing or your jacket. So I remember my sister got one and I was really looking forward to when it would be my turn. But lo and behold, uh, we ended up moving to the church that my brother was dedicated at, uh, which is the Lee New Testament Church of God. Shout out to anyone from the NTCG and Lee. Um, and that was where I spent the next 10 years really um growing in the faith um and i could say i wasn't really you know changed in my heart from a young age um i don't 
I didn't really fully give my life to the Lord until I was about 14 years old. Um, so, you know, we started going to the church. Uh, I didn't really like it, didn't like the Sunday school. Um, and I would spend most of my days sat in the pews reading books, uh, not biblical books, just, you know, the, those, those old Osborne adventure books. Those are the books I'd be reading instead of listening to the whatever's going on in the service. But I did like the worship. I appreciated the songs. I thought the music was great. In many ways, I was a lot like my dad, I guess, because he liked coming to the church just to hear the worship. He didn't actually, you know, he he wasn't a Christian at the time. Um, but he came there, he sat there, he clapped, he laughed at the sermons, you know. Um, but me, at that time, I just wasn't really that interested. The only book of the Bible I was really interested in at the time um, was probably the book of Revelation. Um and I'll continue more about my story. Yeah, so um, continuing from where uh, I left off before, um, I wasn't really that much into uh, reading the Bible seriously. Uh, my favorite book of the Bible at the time was the book of Revelation. And really the only reason why I liked the book of Revelation, I think, is because I was into apocalyptic you know, imagery and the idea of the end of the world really fascinated me. I think it's something I get from my mom. We're both people that like disaster movies. Um, like both of us have the same favorite part of the film Titanic, which is when the boat sinks. I really don't know if that's maybe part of the cynical side or maybe that's just part of the sin nature. I don't know. But um, the book of Revelation is the book that really fascinated me. And so uh, most of my time, if any time was spent reading the Bible, was really trying to unravel the mysteries. Uh, probably a bit more of a newspaper hunter, trying to match up what I saw in, in our time to the signs of the age and what have you. Um, but, you know, being at Pentecostal church, you know, I saw a lot of, um, you know, spiritual gift stuff, a lot of speaking in tongues and prophecy and what have you. Um, it wasn't all the time, you know, it wasn't like it happened all the time, but there was a lot of shout music, uh, which, if you don't know, is when you just had the dun 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 going on for about half an hour sometimes, um, and people, you know, dancing, and yeah, you had the what my dad would affectionately call the runners, those who would just be running around the aisles, um, yeah, you know, that was that, so that was the church environment that I grew up in for the most part. Um, but, you know, that, that same church holds a special place in my heart because that is a church where many of the most significant things in my life took place. So not only were my, both of my younger brothers dedicated there, but I was actually dedicated there. So there's a picture of me being held by, you know, by my godparents there before, you know, the altar in the same building. I oh, mean, I hate that term, altar for church buildings. Oh, man, I could talk a whole bunch of stuff about that, but I'll save that for another time. Um, yeah, so I was I was dedicated there. Uh, obviously, that's the church in which I gave my life to Christ, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, it was the church I was baptized in. It was a church I received the gift of the Holy Spirit in. Um, it was the church that I, you know, me and my wife got married in. Uh, the church where I dedicated my son. Um, even though after that I didn't, you know, that's what I kind of stopped dedicating my children uh just realizing you know what well, this isn't actually a biblical practice that i need to do so i don't really want to do it anymore 
So my, my son was dedicated there. My, my daughter hasn't been dedicated there. And I doubt I would dedicate my future daughter in the same place either. Um, and most recently, um, it's also the church where my dad's funeral was held. Um, so yeah, my dad passed away three months to the day today actually back in april 3rd of april my dad passed away after a four and a half year battle with stomach cancer um something which i also think i want to touch on just to touch on i guess um the process of grieving um as a christian and uh how we should grieve how you know how maybe people expect us to grieve um and i guess how the grieving process has been for me because uh, it's really been uh it's really been something i guess for someone like me that's it's, that's in many times struggled with boldness um i think coming out of that experience if there's one thing i hold is that I'm, I'm not as afraid to do things as i was before i think when you've stared one of your greatest fears in the face like literally looking at the body of your parent um <laughs> i guess there's very little that you're now afraid to face um but again i'll, I'll talk about that some other time uh, coming up to the last 60 seconds of this segment so um yeah so that church is the place where i really um had a lot of firsts you know in terms of my life and in terms of my christian walk um and as i said it's, it's also the place where i first gave my life to christ uh which is an interesting story in and of itself because it was very prophetic and for those who maybe don't believe so much uh in the moving of the prophetic these days um hopefully it'll be an interesting thing for you to hear so back in a mo and we'll talk about that so um i'd say around the age of yeah 13 14 that's when i gave my life to christ um but uh i guess to give a bit of side context about what's going on in my life um so over here in the uk we start secondary school uh when you turn about 11 years old between the ages of 11 and 12 so being born in september the way the school year runs i was one of the um one of the you know the older ones in the year so my birthday was in in september so soon after i started secondary school i turned 12. um and secondary school really you know like my mom always used to say that secondary school is the place where you would make um the, the friends that would last a lifetime um, and for me, was it that wasn't that wasn't the case at all. Secondary school was not a nice time for me at all. Um, from early days, I faced a lot of bullying, um, and it was you know I guess it just shows the, the nature of children in that children will find any reason to bully somebody because I was bullied for things like like the fact that I like to read. Um, I was bullied for the fact that I didn't wear expensive trainers. I had you know shoes, boots, you know not that they were cheap, but they were more practical than trainers uh, I had people bullying me for the fact that I had a, a, a jacket that was practical for the weather you know it was a warm jacket um, I had people uh, cussing me off for the shape of my head uh, once my voice broke like my voice went from high pitch to deep so people used to bully me for how deep my voice was um, I mean there was there were so many things that people bullied me for and if, if there's anything I regret about my younger years at that time the only thing i could say i regret is that i didn't have a deep solid relationship with the lord because if i had a deep solid relationship with the lord at that time i wouldn't have felt the need to try and conform myself to my peers 
Uh, so inevitably what ended up happening was I tried to downplay a lot of the things about myself so I tried to downplay the fact that I like to read I tried to downplay the fact that I was actually smart and did my homework um, and so my grade slipped um, my mum would constantly get calls every week specifically from my art teacher and you know for those who don't know I'm a graphic designer by trade so art was my thing but I hated my art class uh, I guess partially because I had to do things like drawing pots and, and flowers and all this stuff where, whereas my art teacher would have her little art board and she would draw whatever she liked and for me it was like well why can't I do that like you know so I, I hated I hated art but really it was uh, a lot of laziness and that laziness came out of giving into peer pressure and um, really just not wanting to be bullied anymore um, and yeah, I, you know, in retrospect, looking back on that, I always think if only I had the understanding of who Christ is and my identity in Christ now, you know, if only I had that now back then, um, I wouldn't have tried to fit in uh, the way that I tried to fit in. Um, and so that led to many years of just feeling like there was something wrong with me and my personality and the way I was. Um, not realizing that God was really molding me and setting me apart really because no matter what I did I was set apart from my peers and it wasn't because I tried to be set apart it's just because I was different and that's just the way that God had made me to be different um, but so whilst that was going on in my school life uh, when it came to church life quote-unquote I started going for a period where I absolutely hated church so between the ages of 13 and 14 I rebelled hard um, in terms of going to church I would pretend that I was sleeping on Sunday morning my mom would be banging on the door telling me to wake up it's time to go to church I'd pretend I was sleeping until she would until I heard the front door slam and she would leave and then I'd leap out of bed and I would go and do my thing and you know that went on for a while um, until I eventually just stopped going I just refused to go and for a period of about six months I did not set foot in church um, again um, I, you know, as far as I was concerned, I hated church. I didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, no one could make me go back. Uh, no one except the Lord, that is. So six months later, I can't explain what happened. I literally woke up one morning and my heart was changed. Um, I wanted to go to church that day. No one needed to tell me to get up. But this is the thing. I didn't hear a sermon. No one said anything to me. It was spontaneous. The Lord just reached in took my heart and completely ch turned it around and changed the direction of my life and that day I went to church man so my lesson learned today never leave your house without your wallet man um, but at the same time thank God for Apple Pay um, I just had to pop out and get myself some food order my food look down is my wallet there no it's not is my Apple Pay working? No, it isn't. <laughs> I literally had to drive all the way around the drive-thru whilst trying to furiously re-enter my card details to reset up my Apple Pay. Uh, thankfully, they actually saved the details, so all I had to do was just put in my security code and that was it, but man, that was a, a crazy few minutes. Um, but, you know, back to the story at hand. Um, so yeah, that morning, woke up with a new heart um even though i had not desired to set foot into a church 
for about six months that morning I got up got dressed said I'm going to church um, and again um, I can't for the life of me tell you the sermon many people they talk about you know the day the Lord came and saved them from darkness and they were able to tell you the sermon and everything I don't remember what the sermon was about I don't even think the sermon was relevant the only thing that was relevant was this um, in that church they had a balcony so it was an upper area um, me being the you know trying to be cool rebellious teen I sat up there away from you know my pair my you know my mom my sister my brothers um, so I was just chilling up there um, but after the sermon the pastor who was praying had his eyes closed so he couldn't see me he didn't know who was up there but he pointed right at me stretched his arm right towards me said there is a young man on that balcony who wants to give his life to Christ um, and I knew that was me you know there were there had been times when I'd gone down for that altar call you know I used to make the joke that you know when people ask me when I got saved it's like oh yeah I got saved at 8 12 13 you know I, I used to make a joke out of it but no for real though that was the moment that you know my life actually changed that was the moment where my heart was changed where the holy spirit reached in took my heart and changed it from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh um and my life was not the same ever again from that moment onwards um and you know but following that it wasn't like it was easy going it's not like i just leaped into it and and, and soared to the greatest heights um, being, you know, the church structure being what it was, I had to go into, you know, these discipleship courses and they weren't really in depth, really. It was just a, like a mini course before you got baptized. And then that took a while. That took a long time. I didn't actually get baptized probably for about another year, two years. Um, I didn't get baptized until I was about 15. Um, but you know, it was a great moment. Um, and I remember, uh, I invited my cousin there. I remember saying, you know, I hope that this would one day inspire my cousin. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, he's a pastor today. Not that I'm taking credit for that, but I'm saying, you know, uh, praise God. Uh, you know, I hope it had some kind of impact um, on his life. Um, so that was the day when the Lord really came and changed my heart. Um, following that, um, I joined, you know, the youth group at the church uh, between the ages of about 17 to 18 I was part of the youth group and it was really my youth leader then who was instrumental in uh, you know baptism of the Holy Spirit that happened to me that time um, you know growing up seeing that is something that you wanted to experience you wanted to experience speaking in tongues and all that stuff so you know you did kind of seek it but I knew that whenever someone laid their hands on me and you know maybe I lost my balance I knew that wasn't nothing that wasn't the Holy Spirit I knew it wasn't um, but that night that night was genuine because that was just me praying to God no one had their hands on me no one was trying to tell me to say banana backwards really fast uh, it was spontaneous the Spirit of God fell upon me so hard and I knew I fell to the ground but again, no one had their hands on me. No one was touching me. And you know what? No one held me up either. But I tell you, it felt like floating to the ground. And whilst I was there on the ground, all I could feel was a wind blowing over my body. Not even over my body, but through my body. If you've ever been on a roller coaster and felt the skin on your, on your face flapping, that's what it was like. But it was underneath my skin. It was wind. It was fire. It was electricity. All of those things all at one time. And once I got off from that floor, 
again. I was never the same again. So, you know, here I was, um, getting off the ground after laying down there for, I don't know how many minutes, feeling this crazy move of the Spirit of God over me. Um, but the change once I got up was profound. Um, I was always very conscious, very self-conscious, very embarrassed about worshiping God in front of my family. Um, and it wasn't even just worshiping God, it was a lot of things. I just didn't like my family to really see me express myself. Um, but I got up off that floor and I danced and I danced and I danced and I danced. I danced for two hours. I just danced. And yes, I spoke in tongues. I know some people debate that, but nah, it was, it was spontaneous. The minute, one minute I couldn't do it, the next minute I could. Um, and it happened the same day to my sister as well. And I distinctly remember her coming up to me, putting her hand on my shoulder and she was speaking and it sounded like Mandarin. That's how crazy it was. Like she was speaking in Mandarin. I don't know if she remembers, but you know, it, it just sounded like a Chinese language that she was speaking to me. But man, I just danced. I danced the night away. Um, and you know, in the, in the following weeks, the following Sundays, if I was at church, I was in, I was full blown worshiping. You couldn't stop me from worshiping. I worshipped with all my might, and I didn't care who saw me. Um, and I became bold in my faith, you know. Um, I was challenging my peers about the kind of lives they were living, about, you know, living lives of promiscuity and sex and what have you. I wasn't afraid to stand up on top of a bus and say, yeah, all of you need to keep it in your pants, man. Put it back in your pants. Um, so, yeah, the Holy Spirit coming upon me, to me, was like that moment at Pentecost. I didn't have boldness one minute. And I have boldness the next. Um, and it's for those reasons, amongst many other reasons, that I know that that thing was real. That it wasn't just something I conjured up in my mind. But that was a real and genuine move of God upon my life. Um, but be that as it may, um, sadly things didn't stay that way. Uh, once I hit age 18, I got a girlfriend. Once I got a girlfriend, I, you know, I gradually stopped going to church. Um, I managed to keep uh, myself pure in terms of sexuality for up until age 20. Um, so I was, I was with this girl for at least a year. Um, so after I turned 20, um, yeah, I, and for no real reason, it's not like I was pressured into it. I was just like, well, why not? Let's just do it. And so we did. Um, and again, it's something that I regret. Um, especially once I got married and I realized the effect it would have on my wife. That's one thing you really don't realize when you're younger as a young man, that once you meet the woman that you're meant to marry, uh, all that baggage that you carry with you affects her. And that's why that Stephen and Levite song is so apt and so on point, because despite all my baggage, I mean, my wife still accepted me, but don't think that that baggage didn't hurt her because it did. Um, and it took many painful, you know, months of toil to really work through those issues. But, you know, by the grace of God, we did. And we're strong now. Six years later, I'm going to celebrate our six year anniversary this month. Um, and I praise God for that. But um, I'll talk more about, you know, all the other stuff that happened in another segment.